You're listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 79. I'm talking to Jeremy Poland about taking great church photos. And I don't mean that silhouette of the hand raised that's real close with the blurry background of the band. Other things. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you master church communications and social media. These are practical solutions from the trenches that any church can use. Now, let's join your host, Seth Muse, who's pretty cool about most things, but not man buns. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. Really glad you're with me today. Um, Today's guest is Jeremy Poland, and this guy is a ton of fun, even though he weighs probably like 100 pounds. Uh, So he's literally not a ton of fun, but he's a lot of fun. And I can't wait to get to the conversation. So we'll jump to it pretty quick. Get the show notes for today. And you're going to want some of these at sethmuse.com slash 79. I got a shot list. When we talk about a shot list here in a minute, um, I'm going to have that there for you uh, among some other things. So make sure you get to the show notes. Today, we're talking about church photography. And I know this is a big deal for a lot of us. And we all have to deal with it because we have websites and social media and we want good photos but many of us are on a budget or we don't have anyone that can really take great photos. I mean, it's more than just having good equipment. We all should know by now you have to have an eye for it. And so Jeremy's going to help us talk a little bit of equipment, how to start up if you're just getting started. And he's also going to tell you how to take some better versions of the photos that you normally would take in some of the low light situations. Or, and we're even going to discuss like how to great get, get great baptism photos, which I know everyone is trying to get and everyone has at their church. So uh, get the show notes, sethmuse.com slash 79. I'd love for you to join my Facebook group. Uh, that'll be in the show notes as well. And follow me on Instagram. And honestly, if you love this podcast, the best thing you can do for me that I would super appreciate is that you could go and give a rating or review in the iTunes store that really does help me out to uh, get in front of more people that might need to hear some of this content. So if you're in church communications, you're in the right place. And I love that I get to do this for you and uh, meet people in this, in this space. So without any other really knows for me. Let's get into our conversation with Jeremy Poland of Fellowship Church in Grand Junction, Colorado. Let's talk some church photography. Here we go. Hey everybody, I'm back with my friend Jeremy Poland. What's up, Jeremy? Thanks for being here. What is up? I am so glad to be here. Thank you for having me, Seth. Hey, uh, tell us where where are you at right now? What I'm city? at Fellowship Church. <laughs> I'm at Fellowship Church in Grand Junction, Colorado. That is not the fellowship in Grapevine, Texas. It is actually a different fellowship church. Um, I know that's like the most hated word in like the church world. Is like quit saying uh, fun friends and fellowship. <laughs> but <laughs> it's like that uh, video. The guys, the uh, stuff Christians say when they're like, "Let's just get, yes. get, guys, let's get, get get together and just fellowship." <laughs> oh, gross. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I'm working with. I love my job. It's a blast. Um, Colorado is beautiful. I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is beautiful. I actually used to live in Grand Junction myself and work, yeah. and work at Fellowship Church. Fun fact. And then I moved back to Texas and worked at that other Fellowship Church that you mentioned as well. So I, I, I have, not know that. I have four churches on my resume, including the one I'm at right now that have the title, fel- the word fellowship in the title of the church. Oh, in the well, name. I guess that's a good thing. Let's see. It, <laughs> I've been at, uh, let's see. I've been at Hope Fellowship. That's where I'm at now. Fellowship Church, Grand Junction. Fellowship Church in uh, Grapevine and uh, Fellowship Bible Church, Dallas. That's, that's hilarious. That's four. So what a name. So now I know, like, I can't work anywhere unless that is in the title, in the name. 
because I'm all about getting together and just fellowship, bro. <laughs> you just need as much fellowship as possible. I love fellowship. It's Comma, just, bro. Yes, <laughs> fellowship, bro. I got a fellowship. Uh, it's so funny. Like, we don't even really get what that word is. Like, that was, a, that was popularized, I think, with uh, Rick Warren and his five purposes of the church when that came out. And his whole point of fellowship, like we all took it as like fellowship, let's get together and like eat. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, I'm all over a potluck or something. Yeah. But. And we even started calling like places like a fellowship hall. What, what do you do out there? We fellowship. What does that mean? We, that's where we have our Wednesday night meal. You know, that's where oh, we get together it, and eat. And like, oh, well, fellowship's more about like knowing each other's business pretty intimately and holding each other accountable and knowing. Right helping each other walk the spiritual life in, in Christ, you know, but, but yeah, we can eat too while we do that, I guess, you know, oh, that's cool. Always. <laughs> always. I love a good casserole. Um, my gut does not. Well, t- well uh, what do you do at fellowship in Grand Junction, Colorado? So I am the, um, I do a whole bunch of stuff just like anybody else working at a church. I mean, I wear a ton of hats. Um, I, I run all the marketing communications. Um, I actually play in the youth band, um, which is way more fun than the adult church band. Um, cause it's kids. <laughs> um, I take pictures. I do, um, a ton of like lighting design, sound design a little bit. Um, pretty much everything tech, unfortunately, which I love it again. It's a blast. <laughs> so, so you have the, the hardware side, like the tech, which I like to call the, the creative hardware side is the tech lighting sound music, uh, that kind of side of things. But you also have what I would call the software side, which is the communication, marketing, and social media, and, and that sort of thing, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's cool. That's a big, that's a big job. And, and oh, it's a, wild. And it's a pretty big church, too. So I imagine you stay fairly busy each day. Yeah, it's a solid, you know, it's a 40 solid, plus some extra. It's a nine-to-niner. Yeah, it's oh, yeah. pretty good. <laughs> a, lot of us, <laughs> a lot of us know the nine-to-niner. Oh, uh, we all do. Yeah, or, or the eight to eight to niner, or the eight to tenner, or the oh my gosh. sleep at the churcher. Um, Done that? Yeah. Yep. Have you really? <laughs> Have you slept at the church? Uh, most. I mean, just for youth stuff, but yeah, uh, not for a project. Luckily, not yet. <laughs> I, I think I did that maybe twice. When I was like, "Honey, I'm just gonna sleep here on this couch. I, I just need to finish this video or something like oh. that." And it was like like back when computers were just painfully slow. And I was, I was on like Adobe 6.5, you know, and it was a PC and, you know, I'm trying to run with my five, 12 megabytes of, of Ram. I'm just trying to make it happen. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to stay up here, sleep on my couch and get this thing finished. Wow. Because it, it was already like midnight. And, and that's when like I, we had a baby and so I'd go home and then, you know, we live really close to the church. And so it wasn't like I was just there all day, but I went home, had dinner, helped with the kids. and then. They went to bed, Kara went to bed, and then I was like, I'm gonna go back up there and finish working. So I went back up and then I just ended up sleeping up there. So wow. it was like those youth ministry days when I was young and could do that. Now I, I could not I can't stay up past twelve now. But <laughs> uh but anyway, that's that's cool that you wear so many hats, man. That's uh that's a lot of that's a lot of responsibility, a lot of uh, a lot of fun to me. Sound it is. Like a lot of fun. But it really is. But I know that one of the things you do and the purpose of us getting together really today is that you are a pretty avid photographer. Yes. So, I love it. So do you, do you handle photography inside your church as well? I do. So every Sunday morning, um, you'll see me with my camera running around, um, hiding in the shadows from, <laughs> yeah. you know, taking shots. Um, and then on youth nights, especially, um, I, I'm, I'm running around taking pictures. So okay. I've, I've been a photographer kind of hobby and pro for about 10 years now. And like, 
sneak tricks that I'm excited to share with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Photography is such a huge part of communications now. Um, You know, especially since the cameras have gotten a little cheaper and more affordable to get something really nice instead of your, your point and shoot, you know, the back in the day that was, you know, Hey, it's a five megapixel camera. Like, great, cool. (laughs) You know, nowadays we're like, my phone's better than that. So, um, that it's an ad there. There's, there's still this with the, with the affordability of equipment though, there's still this confusion of like, what should we buy? Um, and so for a church that's like a low gear, what's the low gear solution for a church that's just starting out in photography that you think, Hey, if you get these things to really get going, this is probably your best bet for a good solid photography start. What would you suggest they get? Well, honestly, if, if your church has zero budget, and you you just show up and you're hoping for the best. Honestly, I tell people all the time, just give your phone a try and, and maybe elect somebody on staff who's got the nicest phone, sure, and, and choose their phone. Um, but there's awesome apps out there like Visco, V-S-C-O, that you can get some awesome looking filters and, and color filters to make your images look good and consistent across your social media. Um, and, and just being able to, to have that consistency from your phone, I mean, it's there. It's I mean, the best camera you have with you. Best camera that you have is the one with you. Yeah. Um, so using your phone, I mean, that's not a bad option if you have no budget. Um, yeah. If you've got maybe 300 bucks, 200 bucks, somewhere in there, I always tell people to get a Canon Rebel. Um, Canon Rebel T3, T5, one of those. I always buy stuff like that used. Um, you can find a pretty solid one. I mean, it is, it is kind of a soccer mom camera. But it's not bad. <laughs> it's not bad at all. A soccer mom do. camera. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very interesting description of the camera. Um, yes. So a Rebel T3, Rebel T3i? You yeah. Said? Yeah. I mean, a Rebel T3, T3i, really any of the Rebel series is not a bad start at all. And again, you can find them on Facebook Marketplace, eBay for like two, three hundred bucks. And even if you start with the kit lens that comes with it, the 18 to 55, that's something. And, um, one upgrade you can make to it. A lot of people get the 50 millimeter 1.8 lens. Um, it's about a hundred bucks upgrade to that lens and you can buy those all over, um, at Best Buy or used or whatever. And, and that'll give you the pretty blurry background on images and some better low light capability. But that's a great start. If you have 300 bucks, get a Canon Rebel and maybe a 50 millimeter 1.8 lens and you're, you're solid. Yeah. What's, what would be the next step up from that? If like, if you have, let's say a thousand dollars, 1500 bucks, you, your, your church is like, Hey, we need to increase this. We're going to give you some money or you're smart. And you go before the church and say, I need this much money. Anybody want to donate or write a check? And you got somebody write you a check. So what would you get if you had, you know, maybe a grand or two to, to drop into photography? I mean, really what we're looking for is something that performs well in low light. Um, something mm-hmm. that can see better in the dark. That's like the biggest thing. Um, it's nice to have a couple of lenses, um, as far as like, you know, a 7,200 2.8 is very ideal, but it's like $3,000. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of hard to get into stuff like that. Any kind of the Walmart um, version of that or something <laughs> like a, like a place you can go get the, the greater value version of that lens. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. There is no shame in getting the off brand. I mean, Sigma and Tamron both make an awesome 70 to 200. Okay. Um, uh, even like wide angles, like a 16 to 35 or something is very helpful to get the crowd shots and the wide angle building shots. Um, and again, Tamron Sigma, like those off brands like that make great lenses. Um, there's no shame in buying stuff like that. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. I think a lot of us feel shamed 
sometimes because there are very professional photographers. And sometimes we forget that, you know, if you're at a church that has a lot of budget or you have, you know, high quality uh, photographers there, they know their stuff, you know, and you're just starting off, you feel like, oh man, I'll never get there. I'll never get to that. And you just feel this kind of like, oh, we're just going to have to make do. Like, no, you can (laughs) can do pretty good with some lesser equipment. You don't have to get the Canon Mark IV, you know, or the, you know, whatever camera with, you know, red ring light lenses or whatever, those, those prime lenses. You don't have to have all that to really do better than what you have. And I think that's true. I think that's the, that's the goal is like, you want to do it better. Like you, you might have a standard, but really at the end of the day, we want to just do things better and find a way to do those more effectively. That's right. Um, and I think you can definitely get equipment that uh, doesn't break the budget for a smaller yeah. church. And really buying last year's model or the year before's model used again, I never, I, I've been doing professional photography for a long time and I never buy gear brand new. I think it's silly, especially the professional stuff. Yeah. Like it's so durable, like, and especially like the pros are generally pretty easy on it mm-hmm. because it is expensive. Um, buy used because it's so durable and it's, it's not going to be, you're not going to have troubles. Like, you know, if you bought a used sketchy brand TV from (laughs) somebody on Facebook, that's not going to work, but yeah. Yeah. Buying camera gear used. I do it all the time. And I've noticed too, that when you buy used, you have to watch for like imported versus American. Is that something you watch for with like cannons and stuff or is it, does it make a difference? Sometimes. Yeah. That, that does, um, cause an issue, but really, um, if you, if you look on eBay, um, especially if you check USA only and you're not trying to accidentally order a used one from China or something, yeah. you're a lot less likely to run into a, an import model that's going to – and really, I, I don't even know what kind of troubles you'll run into for yeah, stuff like that. I don't either. I just remember when we were looking for Kara, my wife, uh, her Mark IV, we were, um, she was wanting to upgrade. She had a Mark II. And she wanted to jump to the Mark IV. And I was like, honey, you're a pro. Do it. You know, And we had some – we had some cash to do it with. So she sold her other camera and, uh, you know, we were looking at that and I remember I was trying to surprise her at first and I ran into this, Oh, don't get the import. Don't get the imported one. You know, people were saying that online. I was like, Oh, that's scary. Okay. Well, why not? You know, they never gave me a real clear answer other than it just, the parts aren't the same. Like the end, yeah. like the parts inside are a little cheaper. And there's no warranty and there's no warranty. That was a big problem. And you know, and that, uh, you know, that, and they were cheaper. They were the imported version was several several hundred dollars cheaper than the than the other one, even though it was used in an, an American version. So I don't know how people feel about that, but just so you know, that's that's that might be a thing. But, yeah, I don't uh, know much about that. Yeah, that's that's uh, maybe it's not anything at all. Maybe I'm totally dumb. Who knows? Probably. I, I probably, probably am pro- totally dumb. But that's why people listen to this. They're like, hey, I'll listen to Seth and I'll feel good about myself. So here we go. <laughs> it's uh, great. So so you shoot a lot of events at your church. When you do, uh, I imagine you kind of already have an idea of what you really want to get because you're a photographer. You know what looks good and where you're going to put it. But if you were you know, handed something from leadership, if they were able to help give you direction, what kind of things should leadership, because that's a lot of people that listen to this podcast, they're not photographers. So they're going to hand a photographer something like, I want you to go get shots of this event. What should they tell the photographer that would really help them? What would help you if leadership would give you direction on the shoots? Yeah, Seth, I love a shot list. I love, especially when I do have a volunteer that I'm handing a camera to, um, especially for events, I love to have just a basic shot list of like, 
things that they may not think of that still really tell the story of the event. Um, so, you know, we're trying to go for, I mean, it's, it's hard when you're there every day and you see everything the same. And so really trying to take that perspective of, um, what does this look like to someone that's never been here before? You know, I may not even realize there's a long line at the coffee shop. Let's get a picture of these nice people or, you know, or like, um, I love, so, so I'd make a shot list of, um, of stuff that I like for an event. So maybe, you know, a wide angle shot of people coming in the building or their name tags or, you know, all the merch and the giveaways that we're doing for, I, I do a lot of youth events. So there's tons of giveaways and candy and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe, a, you know, a shout out to the security team kind of post, you know, photo. Um, really yeah. what I focus on is like creating quality content, um, for social media. I mean, that's really the purpose of a lot of this. I mean, why do we have t- someone taking pictures in, in church is really, for the website, for social media. And so, you know, pictures of all the people on stage and them only does not help us. Like we're looking for like photos of, of people, you know, in the church and what the building looks like and just all these things that, you know, someone that's, that's wanting to join the church or wanting to visit, they're curious about. Yeah. So you're saying that like the from behind silhouette of someone's hand in the air with a blurry stage, it's not necessary every single time. Well, that shot... (laughs) That shot makes no sense to someone that's never been to church before. Like, yeah. what the heck? I mean, it looks like a concert. It looks like something going on, whatever. Yeah. But it's not something you need every week. Well, we've seen it. We've seen that one. You know, it's like once you get two or three of those, you can pretty much abandon that for the rest of like the year and go to yes. something else. Like yes. I, I have photographers that always want to get that shot too. And I know why it looks super cool, but I'm with you. I'm like, I want, I want you to take photos of our people, you know, yes. and show who our people are. Yes. And so when I write on a shot list, I'm like, I want people mingling at the coffee bar. I want their faces and I want them smiling. Yes. And I even wrote in in our last one, like get a picture of our, our volunteer handing something to a person. Totally. Like getting specific about the shot list. Yes. uh, And cause, cause they don't know, you know, they don't know what I'm looking for. And the reason behind all of this is people visit your church website looking and thinking, do these people look like me? You know, who does, who's the pastor look like? What do the people wear to your church? Yeah. Like that's the kind of stuff that's going through the mind of someone that's never been to your church before. And so that's the stuff we need to be getting for your social media, for your website all the time. Right. I think that's really helpful. So if you're, I'll actually, I I wrote a shot list. We had a big event last night, even, um, for a women's conference. So I wrote a shot list out for our photographers. My wife was one of them. I'll, I'll just put that in our show notes so everybody can see what I did. That's very valuable give to them, have. Give them a start. So it may not be great, but something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think anytime you have a photographer that is going to shoot an event, um, it's important to tell them, here's what I want you to get. And I think it's also important. What you said is to remind them where these are going to land. Like these are for social media. These are for the website. These might even be for some print materials, but really your, your website and your social are, are where you need these photos. And so, Hopefully that conjures up in their mind, like, oh yeah, I've seen these kinds of photos. I get it now. I've seen other churches do this online. If they don't, you might even send them some examples. Like, hey, yeah, absolutely. Like I, I remember once um, we had a stock photo on a print piece of someone answering a door, and for our for our home groups. And I was like, that's a great photo, but it's super cheesy. The background looks like it was put in on a blue screen, and these people are not our people we can just go make that photo real fast. Let's just go Easy. do that. So I called up a photographer. I set up one of our home group leaders and said, here's the photo. I want you to just make this. 
just do this exact photo with these people at their house. And so they went out and they did it. We put that in our promo and it was much better than having the stock photos, but it took an extra week. It took an extra week, maybe a week and a half to get that done. But at the end of the day, when people see that, they see our people, they see what yes. we're about. It's much better. It's, it's much better for, for guests and even our people to go, Oh, Hey, that's, Lorraine, I know Lorraine, you know, that's yes. great. So <laughs> stop using stock photos on your church website. <laughs> right. So I, I found that to be really helpful to give them a lot of that direction up front. So I love it. One of the things that, that photographers are often called upon are things like child dedications, baby dedications, and baptism. So I figured we'd take baptism and kind of tackle that and say, if you're a photographer that's going to shoot a baptism, what are some of the ways to get those great Babs, I mean, we all want that photo that like the guy's got his hands in the air, like, yeah, I am baptized, you know, that, that hooks up at the end and gets all excited or hugs somebody, but we don't always have that, but we can at least get quality photos of the people and what, and what they do with kids, especially what are some of the best tips for, for setting up a baptism shoot and getting good? Cause, cause that happens fast. You gotta be in that moment. I mean, they're dunked and they're up and it, you're, you're done. That moment is gone. So how do you set yourself up for the best success to get baptism photos? Yeah, baptism photos are surprisingly hard to get. I mean, because, yeah, I mean, and of course you're going to have the people that are just going to make the craziest face when they come out of the water, good or bad. <laughs> um, so that's a little challenging. And I don't think all churches celebrate the way that, you know, some do with, right. you know, stand up tall and yeah, you know, yeah. Um, some have it out in the lobby. Some have it up in a baptistry. It's behind the choir loft. Right. You need a super zoom or you need to get up in the choir to get that photo. Yeah. You know, it's really hard. So, and so what happens when you're up on stage and I mean, in front of everyone taking baptism photos, first of all, I would absolutely say wear black, stay out of the way. Yeah. Um, anytime you're taking Grant, photos, I'd say wear black. Yes. Every Sunday that I take photos, I'm wearing black, all black. Um, maybe I'll have my cool white shoes or something, you know, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> you, I do like, you're going to have some kind of style and we know, we know you that's essential, but <laughs> I, I definitely try my best to stay out of the way. I actually really make an effort not to make any eye contact with people, which is kind of weird, but I, I look down at my camera as I'm walking. Um, I think that's subtle way of, especially if I'm walking during the message when there's like stuff going on on stage, like I don't want to draw any attention to me. I'm looking down at my camera, not at people. Yeah. I just don't want to like mess with their experience of church side note. That's really yeah. <laughs> good stuff to know. Um, but really for, for baptism photos, the best thing you can do in my opinion is just make sure you have plenty of light. Um, mm -hmm. and that could mean set up a, a light. Don't set up a flash. Please don't use a flash during baptisms. Yeah. I think that's cheesy. It's, well, it's super distracting too. And it's distracting, especially if it's a, a nice chill, like <laughs> nice, happy moment. Yeah. Don't be firing your flash, please. Even if it's a built onto the camera, don't fire your flash. Um, but you, yeah, make sure, I mean, ask the lighting guy. If, if you do it in your worship center, have your lighting guy turn a couple moving heads, you know, with color temperature orange, like a nice flattering bright light. Don't let them, you know, wash them with red or blue right. or, or something or make them glow. That's often, that doesn't work. Often an issue <laughs> with lighting is that the people that are on stage don't have makeup on. And yeah. so the reason they wear that is to kill some of that glow that light hits them. And it's just reflected super yeah. hard. And, yeah. and like when we're looking at it, our eye adjusts to it. Right. So we don't notice it, but a camera doesn't adjust. A camera picks it all up until you have to change the iris and other things in your video cameras, your other camera in your, still cameras or whatever. Right. So you have so, to, you have to get some help from the lighting guy. 
Yes. And if you don't have that, I mean, it doesn't hurt to set up a nice, um, you know, some kind of LED panel or some kind of light that yeah. I know Life Church does that for their stuff. Um, just just set up a big LED panel or some kind of bright, don't, you know, not, you know, intrusively bright, but just something. Yeah. Um, and those LED panels on a stand are pretty cheap. Right? I mean, yes. You get like under a hundred bucks, right? For one of those. Absolutely. And so maybe even less, maybe even like 60 to 70 bucks, you can get a good LED, bright LED panel or a ring light yeah. even. I know, right. I know you can get a good ring light on a stand for about 70 bucks. Totally. And if your church does it in a nice light, bright area, especially if it's window lit, um, I know one church that does them in their lobby. They have like a pool in their lobby all the time and it's awesome. Oh yeah. Um, Is that here? That's uh, that's Bentry. Oh really? Bentry has one of those, like this huge area in the lobby. It's this enormous, it looks like a pool. And they do their baptisms out there and there's like windows up real high. So the sun comes yeah. in. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And so if your church has something like that, don't set up a flash, don't set up lights. You're fine. You don't need, Yeah. but if you don't have light, figure out how to get it because your, your camera is going to struggle because you really do need some faster shutter speed to be able to capture that motion. Cause they do, they, they dunk them quick sometimes. I feel like, yeah, it's like a, like a, choke slam into the water and then <laughs> bring him right back up. And it's like, that's right. Like undertaker coming back up to life after he's been choke slammed. So, <laughs> any, any wrestling fans, hopefully you'll get that reference. Um, so John Cena yeah, just slams and then he pops right back up like, Oh, this is kind of fake. Uh, um, another, I mean, I, the other thing I would say is just use burst mode on your camera. I really never use burst mode unless I'm doing something like this. And so that'll just get that dot, 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 dot kind of thing. A really fast, you'll, you'll, be more likely to get the shot, um, of a baptism, especially if you don't have a lot of experience yeah. firing, you know, with the camera and a burst mode is what it's just rapid fire. So you hold down that button and it just takes, it takes a whole bunch, oh, a bunch um, of pictures all at once. once. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. And Got some it. cameras have it faster than others. Your phone has it pretty dang fast. So yeah, that's true. Cause you can do, um, what's called a live photo, right? Is it the live photo or is it the HDR or how do how you do that in your phone? Um, on your phone, I think there is just a setting to, to be able to do a burst. So when you hold that button down, I think it's just by default on the iPhone. Okay. If you just hold that shutter button down, it'll just let it rip and it'll take like 20 shots in a couple seconds. It's pretty cool. Oh, that is cool. I'm going to um, try that. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> Stuff right, like so that's really handy. Anything else for baptism that you would suggest? Like how do you get in there and get the good, get the good photos? Or we talked about lighting. We talked about shutter speed. Uh, anything think- else? Again, just stay out of the way. I mean, if grandma is there watching her grandson get baptized, don't stand in front of grandma. Like, yeah, <laughs> just stay out of the way. Um, <laughs> that's really important. Like it matters most that people get to enjoy the moment. So you're, you know, you, you getting the good photo is secondary in my opinion. Yeah. Whereas for an event like uh, a women's conference, men's conference, you can get a little bit more in their face because Correct. you're in the dark. Nobody's really going to see you and you're wearing black exactly. except for your white shoes. And exactly. They're, and they're not going to notice you're there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to stay out of the way. Well, speaking of, you know, we talked about low light a lot. Um, low light auditorium situations are pretty common. Um, just real quick, what's the best tip for getting good shots in low light? Um, my best tip, I think, is just to stay really steady. Um, keep, practice your steady hand. Um, <clears throat> and then with your with your shutter speed on your camera, you can really slow it down quite a bit to a manageable handheld um, shutter speed. In that dark room, if you've got people jumping around on stage, you, you can't have your shutter speed super slow yeah. um, because you'll just get motion blur. Um, but I typically can stay above uh, 1 over 80th of a second, somewhere in there, um, and get pretty solid um, stopping of motion, especially someone preaching, yeah. unless they're just running around Furtick style. Um, <laughs> you, you don't need 
a super fast shutter speed. And by having that shutter speed slow allows you to get a lot more light into the camera. Um, typically, I mean, you'll get a brighter shot in the dark because yeah, churches are typically pretty low light. And so yeah. you got to be ready for that. Especially a modern, um, more like a modern church. If you have like right. old, older school liturgical church with a lot of stained glass, you know, you're probably not going to struggle too much with this. Right. You know, that's where you can really back up, use your zoom. You can get in, in people's faces r- really well. So you guys, for the, for those that are like photographers in those kinds of churches, you really have an advantage in your worship service. For, for you really do for photoing, photo, photographing your people. Totally. Yeah. And it doesn't hurt to just you know keep up and make good friends with your lighting guy and mm-hmm. whoever operates your lighting and um you know just make sure that they're changing their lamps and you know they've got enough light on the stage like if there's stuff that's you know going out you know brought to somebody's attention to yep. change the lamps and make sure there's enough light on that stage because it is very dark and very challenging. Yeah, it is. Um, so you've seen a lot of photographers, you know, post their stuff online and their websites and stuff. What are some mistakes that you see them make that, or what do you make most often? What's like the, the thing you constantly are struggling with in photography? I mean, honestly in church, I think, and I mentioned it earlier, I think it's so easy to fall back on getting only pictures of the people on stage because they're your friends. Like, you know, the band, you know, you know, the team, like, you know, the pastor, like, it's so easy to fall back and just get shots of the stage or the staff or the team. Um, yeah. And they're the shots that they're the best lit too. They are. Yeah. Um, I, I see that worship hand pick like all the time. <laughs> Once again, like quit taking those pictures. They don't mean anything to a newcomer. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I think a good wide shot too. Uh, often it's weird. You'll see a wide shot of the band and the crowd and that's, that's a good shot. It's like a good, kind of generic front page. That's what we have on our website right now. Cause we just don't have a better one. And, yeah, we do too. And so, um, you know, it's, a, it really does show though, the inside of the church. It does. And I, and I think you hit on something really important there with your, the, you know, kind of what I hear you saying that you haven't said that I'll just say for you. Um, Thank you. <laughs> is that some of the mistakes I, I see is that we don't realize the purpose behind the photo. Like, not only where is it going to land, but what are we trying to do with our photography? Are we trying, we're trying to show what the church is like inside to a guest, you know, for a lot of times that's the goal of photography. And I think if photographers have that goal in the front of their mind before they shoot, then it allows them to choose their photos a little bit better. And, you know, they know, Oh, well this photo of the hand in the air with the silhouette, it's just artsy fartsy. And it doesn't really help anybody understand what our church is like. Exactly. The purpose of your photos, once again, yeah, is just to, you know, tell people the story, tell people what it's like to come on a Sunday because they're, they're nervous. Like they've never been, especially if they've never been to church before. Um, yeah. that's terrifying to some people. And so like creating photos that have smiling, happy people and, you know, making sure that no one looks miserable. <laughs> yes. Um, and th- crop out the, yeah. And, and think about it. How many other places do you if you're a guest, you've never been to church. How many other places have you ever seen people get together, close their eyes, sing out loud together in a big group with their hands in the air? How often does that happen anywhere else in the world? It doesn't. It's weird. I mean, we got to yeah. we got to step back and look at ourselves and go, yeah, this thing we do that we cherish it's in special. our experience is weird. It's okay to say that. Like they think it's weird, and yeah. and so putting that on the front of your website saying, Hey, come with us, come, come get into this weirdness with us. It's not a great first impression. This guy's uh, down on his knees on the floor in pain. It right. looks like he's in pain, right? Like what but, happened to that guy? Did somebody punch you in the stomach? 
<laughs> you know, like that's what happens when, you know, people get kicked between the legs, you know, I'm like, what, what's going on in this church? So, you know, I, that is I, so true. I mean, just put yourself in the position of a guest. If your website really is for a guest and your photography is going to land on your website, then your photography is by default really for your guests. So what is a guest going to see of this photo that I've taken? They're, what are they going to understand? And that purpose behind it, man, I think, that, I think that's a huge mistake that I see made a lot. And that's not really a photographer's fault. That's honestly just leadership, not giving the photographer the right goal. I agree. Yeah. And, and once again, like people visit your website to look and see like, do these people look like me? Like who is the pastor? Like, yeah. what are they wearing? What's this building even look like? I'm lost in the city. Like whatever. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like what student ministries will do is like the front page of their student site is, is like student ministry from camp. Like, yeah. That's not what your ministry looks like. It's just, that's a week out of the year. You've just that's told true. them like, Hey, here's, here's our student ministry painted up with war paint tug of war, pie in the face, you know, all the crazy <laughs> things you bring out for camp, crazy rock band, you know, they're going crazy. It's motion blur everywhere. Cause we're so excited, but then they show up and it's like, wow, that's not what this is at all. This is small groups and it's pretty low key. And you know, like, yeah. that's, I, you lied to me, man. So I think and we got to build trust. Yeah. Like people, once again, they're terrified. Like it's so awkward for someone to go to church for the first time. Mm-hmm. And so we got to break those barriers with, photos that tell the story and what to actually expect and then have it be true. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, to wrap up here, just, uh, once if, if I know that you are, you're the photographer at your place, so you just have yours, your photos kind of with you and then you come and do what you want with them because you're kind of a one man band there. But if there's a place where the leadership doesn't really understand photography, but they're the ones putting it on the website and they have a photographer that has the photos, how do they get the photos from the photographer to the person that's doing the website and how do you pick which ones to give and how do you transfer them and like what program, all that. How do we do that transfer? Yes. I mean, I think as the photographer, especially if you're just starting out, the best thing you can do is narrow down your favorites and, and not deliver a thousand images for someone else to go through in their free time of all your blurry shots, like delete the ones and don't delete them in the card. Um, if you delete them on your camera, it can cause issues to the card. So copy them to your computer, go through them and choose your favorites. Like, I mean, you're the expert, you're the photographer. Um, and even if you're not sure between a few, like give them a few, but don't give them a thousand. Don't give them, I, I don't give them 300 from one worship set. Like, yeah. you know, give them your best 20, give them your best 10. Um, mm-hmm. it, that's, that's more of a service to them. It's just like, you know, just showing your, your expertise in that, um, Typically what we do is I actually use Lightroom um, and I have all of my images organized by date, which really isn't that helpful unless it's like an event that was on a specific date. And so what I use is the meta tags inside of Lightroom. Um, it's right on the, I think it's on the right side. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's in there you, somewhere. It's in there somewhere. Um, and you can tag your images with words. And so now um, what I've, I've built over the past few years is a huge library of images tagged with words that I can now search and say, like, I can search the word laugh or funny, and I can get all the funniest pictures from Sundays. You know, I can search the word baptism and get all our baptism photos so I can just make a slide really quick or, you know, make a social media post. Um, I do people's names if they're on staff or, or high key volunteers or, you know, high capacity, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I do smile. I do stage. I do just all these tags that help me find stuff in the future. Cause once again, I'm a one guy crew here looking for stuff, you know, for social media, that's the purpose of the photos. Yeah. And so being able to organize by words is essential. 
absolutely. I know that that's that's the issue when when you put them when you get the photos in and put them on like a network and then you put them in a folder, like on your computer or on your on your uh, server or whatever if you've got a server at your church, then it's it's nice to have that space and to have them all in one place and that everyone can access. But then you go in and go, how do I find anything in here? Yeah. So I've actually tried to divide them up into like, here's worship. Here's pictures of John, our pastor. Here's, but then I, but I have to manually put them in those folders and then they only exist in those folders. So the idea of the meta tag is so nice. And you can do that on a server too. You can add tags mm-hmm. and especially if you're on a Mac, I think you can, you can do that. I, I think you can do a PC as well, but um, you can easily add those tags. So I think it's a great idea for that way. You just dump the f- pictures in there. And then teach people, go and just search for these tags and you'll find what you need. And if you can discipline yourself to add those tags, the moment you import, like the moment you import your, you know, 300 pictures from the day, go through, narrow down your favorites, delete the ones that you don't need because you're never going to use that blurry shot from the women's conference that no, two years ago, delete it off your computer. Don't ever use it again. And, And then narrow down your favorites and then tag them right away. If you can discipline yourself to do that, I know it's exhausting if you just got back from camp or, you know, if you've been, you know, at the event all day carrying around your big camera, it's so worth it. Cause then you can go back through and immediately find stuff for yeah. social. And what I would do, cause this is just how I think I would actually create a document where I keep a list of all the tags that I've used. So that's a good I, idea. So that I don't have one that's called women's conference and another one that's called brave women's conference. Yeah. You know, so that when I'm searching, I'm searching for one tag and they all have the same tag. So I'll see yeah. all the photos with that same tag. Cause I'll do that. I'll create a diff- brave women's conference or brave women conference, you know, exactly. and, and like, I don't know I've done that and just, I'll screw it up. So if I have that, here's the searches that I can do that'll bring up photos that I've used. And if I add That's a, a new great one, idea. I add it to the, to the doc, it's an extra step, but, uh, for clarity's sake, for sanity's sake, I don't know how <laughs> I would do that otherwise. The That's other, a good idea. And the other, the other thing I use sometimes is Google Photos. There's a way to sync with folders. Um, I know a lot of people go with Google Photos, but um, you can't upload. You have a limit on your upload of like a high res photo. If you let Google set the the lower resolution, which is still pretty decent, it has you get unlimited uploads. Um, so that's what we do. But I use that really on social, so I can get Google Photos on my phone. And I can find the photo, download it to my phone, and then make a graphic in the moment on my phone from photos. And the good thing about Google Photos is that you can actually, it, it's so creepy, but it's helpful, is that it can sort things by the face. Like it recognizes yes. people's faces and groups those photos together. So you go into album, and you can click, I want to see faces, and it gives you a list of all the, a picture list of all the faces that are represented in all of your photos. And so I'm like, oh, there's, there's our pastor, John click John's face and I see all the photos with John's face in it. It's That's so creepy. <laughs> so crazy and love it. Incredibly helpful when he says something great on stage and I'm like, Oh, Oh, I don't have a time to go to my computer and get all this set up. Let me just see if I can find a photo of John and type up what he just said and make a quick graphic and share it. And that way I can stay timely, but I'm, I'm getting good photos to do it with. So that's, that's an advantage of that. If you're a small church and you want to get Google Photos going, that's helpful. But I still think even in there, because when you sync to Google Photos, you can actually bring your tags over. Uh, yeah, that's so, true. So that's, uh, that's helpful as well. And it'll adjust itself to your tags. A lot of great Absolutely. tools, a lot of stuff out there. It's just, there's, there's a, 
there's a couple different ways to do a bunch of this and really no perfect way. But, yeah. um, but anyway, that's, uh, I think the tag idea is incredible. Another one, one tip that I've, I've seen some photographers kind of mess up is they will apply a preset and then delete the raw after they export a JPEG. Ooh, and then yeah. suddenly you, you have this, this JPEG image that you've created with edits all over it and then no original. And what I've found is I've had to go back three years later when I hate the old branding because we decided to rebrand the church and then suddenly all of our photos look vintage and film yeah. looking, which is great, but it doesn't match our current brand. Yep. You know, you, if you've got that baked into the photos, you can't do anything about that. And so if you want to do an image and keep it on brand, that's three years ago, you got to have the raws. And so keeping that storage. Yeah. Would you recommend shooting in raw? Yes, please. <laughs> okay. okay. I, th- I think that's a common question is do we shoot in raw? Do we shoot in JPEG or whatever? JPEG's nice because it's small files. Um, and if you're just doing for something really quick for social, maybe it's okay. But honestly, like get a bigger memory card, like stuff like that's so inexpensive. Now it's so cheap to get a, a fast SD card that can handle raws and it's big. Um, external storage is so cheap now. Um, and so just always shooting raw is definitely essential because you get better color science, you get better sharpness. Yeah. Um, you just have more data in the image to work with and that's essential. It's, it's amazing how much you can edit a, a raw photo without making it look grainy or weird versus a JPEG. Yes. It's crazy. The, how much data is there to work with in the size of the, in the actual size of the file. It's like, oh no, it's a big file. Well, it's a big file because it's easier to work with and yes. you add your edits and it looks like you took it that way rather right. than I added a JPEG and I hope the light's good because it could screw it up. You totally. Know, just, it makes you look better. Yeah. It's such a better solution, man. I, I'm, I'm glad we, we, we covered that because that's a common question. And I have photographers that want to shoot in JPEG too, because they have a small card or, or whatever. And maybe their computer know, can't handle raws computer, very well. Yeah. And then it's because they're large files and they take a while to process. And so I get it. Um, when you, when you, if you were to turn in photos, let's say somebody else wanted your photos, would you give them the raw file or would you edit one uh, JPEG and send that in? Um, for me, it depends if I know, if they know what they're doing. Um, yeah, typically, I mean, typically for, if I do events, and they, their goal is social media. I'll just deliver JPEGs already edited with their preset or their brand, whatever. Um, if it's an event that I know that they're going to archive stuff mm-hmm. and use stuff in the future, um, and not immediately go to social media, I'll give them raws. Um, uh, okay. but I, again, I'll narrow them down way down. It's just my favorites. Yeah. So a thousand images gets down to a hundred or something. Yeah. Is there, favorites. A, is there a number that you, you try to hit when you're, if you were to hand in photos? Or, or um, if you, let's say you had someone out in the field taking photos and they were going to deliver photos to you and you're going to have to maybe edit some, how many would you want? Oh man, I would say it just depends on the event. I mean, if it's kids camp and there's 300 kids there and you need to get a shot of all of them, cause there, there's going to be a slideshow at the end and you know, yeah. some kid's going to be so sad if he's not in the slideshow. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I mean, stuff like that versus a women's conference or, you know, an event or even baptisms. Um, it just, I just want to make sure that someone covers the event well mm-hmm. without giving me duplicates. That's kind of what I care the most about. And yes. so that could be um, any number, really. But I just want to make sure that I don't have 100 shots of the same thing. I don't want three shots of the same thing. Yeah, that's that's important. And I think when we're selecting our photos to, to turn in, uh, you, you got to look through them and go, are any of these similar? 
or any of these almost the same shot or and then look at them and see which one's better yeah and given that one give that yeah, and and be critical i mean your pastor is a very important face of your church and so you make sure his face looks good yes. i mean if he's making some derp face on stage that doesn't help <laughs> anything and that happens all the time derp face that's so funny and you know what's funny is that if you have a very charismatic and and when i say charismatic i mean in the sense of like energetic pastor who really does connect with the crowd well then uh, he's going to make weird faces Yes. He's hard. He's going to be hard to capture a good face because he's expressive. And that's part of the way, reason that he connects. He has, he shows emotion well. Yes. You know, and really does connect with the crowd. Absolutely. Um, I've, I've learned quick, that doing like uh, video announcements. It's like you can, anytime you pause a video announcement, if you've got a weird face, this is what Brady Shearer says. If you've got a weird face on, that's a good video announcement host is because yes. they're being expressive in the face. Completely agree. One quick tip for, for taking sermon photos is I, the way our church uh, marketing works is on social media. I often post a picture of them on stage and the quote baked into the photo, um, like their, 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 uh, one liner, um, which usually I actually ask them for, and they're happy to give it to me. Fun fact. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes your pastor, if you just ask them for like, what's the one line takeaway that you'd like me to post, um, they're glad to give it to you. Yeah. And so it doesn't hurt to ask them, don't bug them Monday morning, like bug them right after they speak on Sunday and they will be glad to give it to you. Um, uh, but the tip. the tip I had, yeah, the tip I had for that is just keep in mind when you're shooting to shoot some, it's called copy space. And so get them in it, but then also have a third to two thirds of the image completely empty, like stage background or whatever, just empty space that you can drop text onto in a clean way that looks nice so that you're not like trying to, you know, put text over something that doesn't work. Right. Um, right. And just and keep it clean. Yeah. That's good. The rule of thirds. Yes. Um, put the, put the subject in one of the thirds of your, your box there in your viewfinder. That's good. And, and also that, that contrast to that background, like you don't want a bunch of bright mixed with dark. You want it yeah. to be either bright or either dark. Yeah, that background for the text. So that way you don't have to do anything weird like drop shadow it or something that, uh, you know, yeah, you know, or put a stroke on it just so you can see the text. Yeah, uh, just keep it clean. I mean, yeah. that's if you can shoot for copy is that that's what it's called in the in the uh, photography world is shoot for copy. Uh, and copy just is just a word for text um, that's going onto a photo or going with a story or something. Um, <clears throat> yeah, just shoot for copy and shoot with some empty space that you can drop stuff onto. That's awesome. Jeremy, I, I, this is incredible. I think it's going to help a ton of photographers and communication directors and pastors that are working with this because it is so important to have good photography in your church today. We have to stand out in a way that we never had to stand out online, on social. And, uh, you know, to be, it's not fair, but if we don't have good photography, we get passed sometimes and we don't even have an opportunity to share the gospel. Which is totally. stupid, but that's the way the world is. You know, you got to meet people where they are and that's what they care about. So, um, you know, it's not the only thing, obviously, but right. it's a big factor. So I think this is really helpful, man. Thank you so much for taking your time and on this beautiful Saturday morning, being inside and talking with me about photography. When you could Seth, be, I love to nerd out. That's so much fun. You could be out there shooting right now. But, I know. Because uh, <laughs> I know Colorado has a few places that you can take photos of. Just a few. Uh, yeah, it's pretty picturesque. Well, man, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time, dude. It's always, always a blast getting with you. Thank you, Seth. And everybody, you can go get the show notes for this episode at sethmuse.com slash 79. And I will have some 
great links there. You can also find Jeremy. Jeremy, tell us where we can get in touch with you. Uh, the best place is Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is Jer Channel, uh, J-E-R Channel. I am actually a high school senior portrait photographer in my free time. And so I just love to like nerd out with kids and just like make them feel like a million bucks and make them look awesome. And so that's yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, he's pretty active there. A lot of good stuff going on. A lot of good examples of uh, you know different types of photography, different situations, a lot of outdoor photography, some indoor. But uh, you, you do a lot of really good, a lot of good work, man. So it's, hey, it's, well, thank you. He's a good photographer to follow and uh, get some inspiration from. I appreciate it, man. Uh, absolutely. So you guys go get the show notes. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks with uh, another episode of the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast where uh, communications is life and nobody feels like an idiot. So except me. All right. Have a good week. <laughs> See you guys. This episode of the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast is brought to you by Wix Websites. We build websites that on the surface seem pretty good. 